0: To first 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. Why? Because I talk about the important things that matter to you. Like, let's just say, how to make your first 100 thousand dollars. Because that's where you're struggling, but you're pretending you're not. You're acting like you're a mega millionaire, right? You're all over your social media. Look at my life. Look at my lifestyle. But meanwhile, you're broke. You're lonely right? And you go home to your your skidoos, so to speak, right? That is more common than you think. So I talk about those things. I talk about the challenges that 90% of entrepreneurs secretly struggle with, but won't admit. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-timed failed entrepreneur. Uh, I'm also the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida, where I help hundreds of entrepreneurs to make their first 100K or their next 100K. So I literally live and breathe this stuff. I've messed up so many times, it's ridiculous on my own, right? And I bring on guests that have messed up as well, and now they broke through their 100K. And that's what we're talking uh, about today. So this show is created for you, the entrepreneur or homepreneur who's struggling to break through, but just can't figure out where you're going wrong. Wherever you are in your business, I believe you're just 100K away. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here on the show. If you're one of the thousands of people who listen to the show in over 30 countries now, like that's insane. Like, I just wanna say thank you, I appreciate you. The show wouldn't happen without you listening every single week, so thanks for being here. Today, our featured guest is David Quick, and David is a recovering bull in the China shop, right? And we're gonna talk about what that means, who now uses his passion to help business leaders and their teams thrive. He's a three-time CEO of rapid growth organizations. Now, David helps leaders thrive by sharpening the focus on vision, values, expectations, and engagements. He's gonna go into that and what that means uh, to you and your life and your business right now. David puts executive coaching, live events, keynote presentations, and group sessions, all to work to help create powerful herds, get it, bulls, herds, of high-performing bulls. His no-BS communication style speaks to high-performing leaders like you on all levels. David, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill us some of the gaps in that intro. Well,
1: first, Joseph, thanks for the energetic introduction. I I greatly appreciate it. So there's, of course, a ton of gaps, um, most of it not important. Uh, probably most important to me, a father, uh, four sons, uh, a husband, uh, and now a grandfather for the first time, which makes me feel older th- than I feel for sure, um, have, have been first employee, last employee, part of small companies, founder, fired, unemployed, everything in between, uh, and uh, am enjoying life and grateful to be able to uh, wake up every day and help other business owners. I love it.
0: David, take a minute with us and share something personal from your biz, uh, from your personal life that um, very few people in your business know about you.
1: Well, so uh, probably Joseph on a front, I'm a pretty open book. So people that know me have probably heard most of these stories, but I share all the time. I've had the gamut of accepted to go to the U S Naval Academy. And then the realization of academic probation almost kicked out of the place. Mm. I've had a uh, startup business where you think, Hey, I have the world, uh, under control and know what you ha- what's happening and kind of the, the floor fall out and then struggle to make payroll. I've done two business turnarounds. So, you know, I, I've struggled, and unemployed, failed starting businesses. Um, you name it, I've had the experience. So, so you've been on both sides of the fences. See what I did there with the yes, both fences. Yes. Got
0: awesome. it. Cool. Uh, so we're speaking with David Quick today, and you can find him at helpingbulls.com forward slash first 100k. That's helpingbulls.com forward slash first 100k. David's got some really cool perks and offers and free uh, things for you as a, you know uh, one of my listeners here. So David, let's get right into it. You're doing executive coaching now. How much revenue did your business do in the last 12 months? Give my audience some context.
1: So I, I haven't looked at last 12 months, but if I look at last calendar year, 680K. Love uh, it. So a, a good thriving business, look at ways in which we Im, could improve that. But um, you know, I, I don't have goals of how do I make this a $2.5 million company. I'm pretty pleased with where we are. Uh, good lifestyle, uh, dramatically different than eight years ago, and I'm um, grateful where I am today for sure.
0: Love that. Now, I, I get that you're not going all the way. You don't want the mega millions and everything like that. And you know, I get that, right? Some of us, we just say, you know what? Um, more than $500,000 is. I don't want anymore. It just just means a different type of lifestyle, responsibilities, things I could lose, all that stuff. I'm content right where I am. What are you on track for in the next twelve months? Like you know, the small incremental growth. That yeah,
1: I think I think we'll finish the year at uh, just shy of 800k, depending on what happens with our culture index business. Uh, That business continues to flourish. It's my uh, best return on time. Mm -hmm. And clearly, um, I'm happy about uh, putting time into that effort because uh, the return, uh, and we'll talk more about it, hopefully, but it's been awesome. So
0: I love that, right? And as a granddad now, it's all about return on time. Yes. That's so much about return on investment. Time is the one asset that we truly have, right? And I, I, I love that you're in that place right now. How long did it take you to make your first 100K in this business?
1: So year one... Uh, I made more than that and then made a transition, I think year two or year three, from uh, three-time CEO, I'm going to leave that job and become a consultant, Mm -hmm. and looked at the consultant and said, this feels a lot like the same thing, so I'm going to go launch a coaching business, Mm. and went from consultant to coaching, and my first year in coaching was launching a CEO peer advisory group through Vistage, probably the hardest thing I've ever done, which is... Amazing to say that, but really difficult. It's sell yourself as an executive coach. There's not really a product. And you have to not only do that to one person, you have to do it to a group of eight people, launch a mastermind group. And my first year in that, I think I made 24,000.
0: Got it. So that's what we're going to stick to today. We're going to talk about that business, that growth, those struggles. But before we do, why do you think that 90% of entrepreneurs are struggling to make their first 100K and just can't break through.
1: So in my world, when I talked about vision, values, expectation, engagement, I look at leadership there, culture there, and that we often as leaders don't have this vivid vision of the future. So we kill ourselves, we work hard. I talk about it as we pull our swim trunks on and get in the deep end of the pool and we tread water. We work really hard all day long. And if we were insightful enough, intentional enough and said, I literally just gotta swim across the pool. I could work really hard for 10 minutes, swim across the pool and get to a destination that's meaningful. But we don't have clarity. Um, and in our little pre-conversation, Joseph, we talked about a small startup company that's saying, hey, we're excited about technology, we're excited about our cause, but they don't have a clear picture of how they're gonna make money. And so th- this vision of the future and how we get there, in my own personal view is that's critical. And it serves as a magnet for you and others that compels the right people to come toward you that that look and say, I'm attracted to that person, that business idea, that strategy, and want to be part of it. Or I think this guy's full of crap and want nothing to do with him." in my BS mantra. And, and I look at that and go, both of those are great. If I push away wrong people, awesome. If I compel right people, awesome. And do Mm -hmm. I have clarity about what I'm trying to do and in a startup business sense, how am I going to make money? Mm. I I think you just nailed it right there, right, David? So a buddy of
0: mine, uh, Hank Norman, uh, Hank literally uh, just did a, a video, live video today in our private Facebook group. And he spoke about, he just went and he spoke with eighth graders today and he did a career day. And in speaking with the eighth graders, the one thing that kept showing up was none of them wanted to articulate what they want to do with their life like deep down what do you want to do not what mommy and daddy wants you to do not what your friends think you should do what do you really just want to do what's that burning desire in in, inside of you and none of them wanted to share it Hmm. right and he knew like you all have it Why not share it? And he's like, you know, it's so interesting because whether you're an eighth grader or you're an adult, we don't want to declare to the world the destination that we want. Here's my desire. Here's where I want to go and why, right? And he articulated very well. He said, because once you declare it, then if you miss it, if you fail, you don't want to look like the person that missed it. Yeah. you don't want to look bad, so you rather than avoid, right, because you want to avoid looking bad so much, you never even declare the destination, and therefore you never get it. Well, because and you don't want to take the risk. Speak to that.
1: Well, Joseph, I think awesome, and uh, I, I've had too many instances in my own life, too many times with coaching where I force a definition of thriving. So. Um, I literally would spend time, if it were you, Joseph, and I go, tell me what thriving is. And most people struggle with what that means. And instead, I say, well, then I'm going to have you answer these three really simple questions. Next three, five, 10 years, who do you want to be? That, that's a deep philosophical question that defines first and foremost, at the core, this vision of future. Who do you want to be? What do you want to have? And what do you want to do? So what do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? Answer those three questions. That's the definition of thriving. And then we talk about vision of the future based on those three things for you and your company. And do an exercise that um, I stole, and I'll tell it from from, uh, Cameron Harold, who is a former CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, college painter, uh, pro-canadian. And he talks about this practice of what he calls painted picture with vivid detail, describe the world for you five years from now and start living that future. Mm. So he says, envision it. And he takes you through, when you walk in your front door five years from now, describe the building, describe who's at the front desk, describe how your clients feel, talk about how the press is talking about you, explain what your employees, clients, and your colleagues are saying about the company and start living that future today. And then uh, inside the thing, is, David, let me
0: just pause you right there, right? Because like what if like one of my listeners, I know what they're sitting thinking right now. They're like, David, I'm not I don't have a great imagination. Like to sit there and think about right what the yeah. building's gonna look like in vivid detail. I my brain works very linear. I don't sit there and like imagine all these things. What would you say to them right now?
1: Yeah, I would tell you then, um, much like anything, and I'm a firm believer in expectation, goal, all of those things, and you set really high expectations, and without setting the target, you'll hit it. (laughs) Um, So it, it goes back to that same thing. Without this clear, vivid future focus, without statement of here's what I'm trying to do, you'll succeed at hitting nothing undefined and work really hard. Again, And I don't point to effort because those people that don't have the imagination or don't Mm -hmm. force themselves to map, here's what thriving means. Here's what I want my business to return. Here's what's important to me. And I leave those questions generic or ambiguous on purpose because someone may say, well, I want to have two vacation homes in Florida. I want to have a vacation home in Hawaii. I want to have $2.5 million in the bank. Others will say, I want to have the opportunity to spend more time with my family and have three weeks of vacation per year. Yeah. It's I want getting to enjoy the spoils of my work.
0: It's getting specific, so Startup Nation, listen to the wisdom nugget right here that David's dropping on us, right? Uh, whatever destination you set, right? Whether it is no destination or a specific destination, you will achieve it. One, no destination looks like treading water, right? And the other looks like thriving. So you're either going to choose treading or thriving, the two T's, right? I just created that, right? The two teams, do you want to tread or do you want to thrive? That's it. Either way, you're going to get one of them. Which do you want? So David, before we go uh, any further into that, let's step back. Bring me back in time. Take us back to when you were struggling to make your first $100,000 in this business, your executive coaching business. Paint us a vivid picture and tell us that story.
1: So uh, I had left a pretty successful stint as a CEO, uh, a company that the former CEO had passed away and the position was open for eight months, turned it around uh, many weeks there. Are we going to make payroll? So that kind of environment to, hey, we're now profitable. I'm going to go do something else. Um, moved to Indiana, a short stint, lived, <laughs> believe it or not, with my parents and said, um, I'm going to move back in with a, uh, at the time, four-year-old and figure out where we want to live and what we're going to do. Uh, Found a house, moved, and um, literally said, all right, well, I have savings and runway, but what am I going to do? And uh, had finished a stint consulting for a couple years and said, all right, now, now I'm going to transition to this coaching. And took an interview for Vistage Chairing, it's called. So you are the facilitator for a CEO peer advisory group. And I had just moved to Bloomington, had no network. You have to find people in the local community. And it was, I call a cold calling nightmare. Mm. Uh, I had to get on the phone every day and call potential CEOs and say, I want you to be part of this peer advisory group. There's no members today, but I want you to be part of it. And sell them on that concept and sell them on me. Um, Successfully launched that group in three months, which is pretty near the top of kind of success in the Vistage world.
0: Okay, hold on. Let me pause you right there because you just made a big jump without a bridge, right? Yes. So build the bridge for my audience here. Well, I was going to go back you're, there. Okay, cool. <laughs> so you're you're calling on these CEOs and you're saying, I want you to be part of this group that has no members. How did that land for them?
1: So most at first landed um, poorly. The great part about Vistage is they did a super job of walking you through Here's a methodology to do that. Here's how to do it. Just take our advice, make the cold calls. And I literally took the advice. I spent most days, three or four hours at the Holiday Inn Express um, outside the office so I could make those calls. So I would show up at about 9 a.m. where people had cleared out of the hotel and finished breakfast and sat in the lobby at one of the tables and had a CEO business owner list that I would call 40 a day, go through and try to set appointments on, hey, I wanna talk to you about this concept. It it landed poorly at first, um, got better at it. Uh, I've been in sales and marketing my whole life and it started to turn into something like this. Uh, My name is Dave Quick, I'm a local CEO. I'm launching this peer advisor group for other CEOs. I've talked now to a couple hundred CEOs in the greater Bloomington area. They're all talking about struggles around things like this. It was right when Obamacare was being launched I said, they're all wondering what impact that's gonna have on their business. I'm wondering if you're having some of those same questions or concerns or if you have other issues in your business. Literally took an old spin selling approach, tell me about your problems, listen to their problems and impact and said, what would it mean if you could come together with other business owners and share those real world stories and instead of trying to go on it, do it on your own, have a powerful band of brothers and sisters that will help you solve those challenges. I said, that's what I'm forming here. And, you know, through three months of really hard work and, hey, I'd really like you to come to our event and then shutting up, I got a lot of people said, yes, I'll come to the event that didn't show up, lesson learned. Um, But so a lot of hard lessons there just on, you know, a bunch of cold call, get people there. And now the work's a lot easier. Now I have people giving referrals that are launching. It's been a launch pad for the rest of my business. Uh, but it was a, a tough six months to get that group full.
0: Got it. What was the uh, ticket price, if I may ask, for the CEO?
1: Yeah, so for the CEO pays twelve ninety a month, and he gets uh, participation in a day meeting a month and a, an hour and a half coaching session. So it's Got not it. a bad price point. It's worthwhile. But um, there's nothing to point to at first to say, here's what you get.
0: Yeah, I get that. So how did you get through uh, the gatekeepers to get the CEO on the phone? See, I'm asking you all the questions that my audience is going. Joseph, yes. ask this question.
1: So we, we, had a, uh, we had a great training session, which at the time I was like, there's no way this crap's going to work. Um, yeah. uh, and he, he, he trained us on a, a couple things. And one was, uh, interesting enough, ride the bull. And it was, you have eight seconds to get through the gatekeeper. How do you delay and maintain the eight seconds and ride the bull was his premise. I love that. And, and a lot of it was stuff that you would have never asked without the training. Once trained to do it, you got comfortable doing it. So they, you would get the, his first approach was, I'm calling for Joseph Warren. My name is Dave Quick. And the gatekeeper doesn't know what to do with that. So they then say, well, can I ask who you're with? And say, well, will you tell him it's just David Quick? And literally, the, the, the gatekeeper has no idea to, well, what company you're with. Well, will you please tell him it's Dave Quick? He'll, uh, he'll, he'll understand. And then when you get the gatekeeper, you have to say, we don't know each other. My name is Dave Quick. I'm calling. I, uh, this is what I have to do to reach other CEOs. So that was one. The other was um, through the gatekeeper, he's not available. Well, is he not in his office or not available? I, at first, I would have never, ever answered that question. That's and, and now they cold. would say, well, he's in the office, but he's tied up. Well, great, is there any way I can leave a message? How can I leave a message? When could I call back? Or, no, he's physically not in his office. Well, great, could I get his personal cell phone? I'm sorry, his business cell phone was what they trained you. So not his personal cell phone, his business cell phone. And they would give you a cell phone number half the time. Which is bizarre, because again, they don't know who you're with. So if you're not saying I'm with Vistage International calling to pitch this thing, it's just David Quick, so that was one, and then they trained you this whole message of mystery, um, which, which seems deceptive as well, but I found very few people were uh, upset with it, which is I call and leave a message. This is Dave Quick, Joseph, trying to get a hold of you. It's whatever time it is. It's uh, 1.45. Uh, would really like to talk to you today. Uh, if you would, please give me a call back, and you start the number. My number is 812-324. Wait, let me give you my personal cell phone number. If you would, please call back. I'd really like to talk to you. So they get this message, and they don't know what to do with it. So many will just ignore it. But greater than number that you think will call back saying, what's this regarding? And again, no deception here. Joseph, thanks for calling me back. I really appreciate it. We don't know each other. I've talked to a couple hundred CEOs in the southern half of Indiana now, and wanted just to have five minutes with you and talk about some of the struggles that you might be having that I've heard from other business owners. So there's no rocket science in any of it. But it's disruptive and different to get through the gatekeeper. Um, And you know, a couple of times through the training, I'm like, there's no way. And then the first time you ask for, hey, can I get his business cell phone number and someone gives it to you? You go, okay, I'm gonna ask this all the time. And um, then call the business cell phone number and say, hey, your administrator gave me the number, wanted to reach out, take five minutes of your time, and then be upfront and honest and only take five minutes at a time.
0: That's huge. Right, yeah. honoring your word, keeping your integrity, right? That sets the stage there. So, BC Nation, I love this. Like David, you just went there, man, um, and and I just want to acknowledge you for that. Right? You gave away some of your little trade secrets um, of hey, this is how you you get top CEOs on the phone, and I can clearly see that that works. I've done it myself, um, and I, I like it. I like the approach. Um, you're doing bold request, which immediately changes the state of the person on the other end of their phone, whether it's a CEO or the gatekeeper, they don't know what to do with it. You don't sound like the ordinary. And then you're, you're dropping, when you get the CEO, you're dropping some social proof immediately. Hey, hundreds of other CEOs in your area. Oh, and he's thinking, what CEOs? I wonder if it's John, I wonder if it, right? Immediately you're putting yourself on an equal playing field. It's not a sales call, you're at his or her level. Um, and that makes sense. And then honoring the five minutes, what else did you want to add?
1: Well, you were just talking about at the same level. This uh, did use the framework all the time, Eye level, that we stay, eye level the entire conversation. That, that I'm not above you, I'm not below you. We are colleagues in this. We're at the same level trying to help each other. And the more you can stay there instead of falling below or above. So when you start directing or when you start begging, the game's over for CEOs particularly.
0: Got it. So when you're going through these three months of trial and error, iteration, 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 which is like starting a business, right? Um, And you're going through that. Give me an example. Tell me the story of like your worst moment.
1: Uh, So I had quite a few irate callers uh, about the cell phone, about uh, why the hell are you wasting my time? Uh, I had a handful of, hey, uh, I still remember one telling me he's all good in the saddle. Uh, And I I wasn't sure what that meant, but uh, I I clearly said, well, if you got it all wired, I assume then that you're ready to retire at age 35 and, you know, you have everything in life you've ever want. But, um, and clearly if that's your mindset, then I wouldn't, or nor would the group be able to help you in any way, if that's your mindset. So I have had every response you can imagine when you start to go through that, um, but had quite a few, and, and I'll be honest, I rate callers and I think you have to be willing to say, hey, this is the way I need to grow my business. Uh, I apologize if this offends you. Uh, I'm just trying to connect and talk to other like-minded CEOs. And if this isn't right for you, it's not right for you. So, you know, apologize, be professional, uh, look at all that and say, hey, can I smooth it over? Uh, I had all of that. I had, how the hell did you get my cell phone number? Mm. Um, I I asked your administrator and she gave it to me. I apologize if she wasn't supposed to. I asked for your business cell phone and she gave it to me. So I think you need to be prepared for some of that because some of that's different and most don't ask it. Most leave 42 messages and never get to the person. Um, the, the message of mystery, I'll, I'll give you one other little tidbit there where I left and said, hey, this is Dave Quick. I want you to call me back on my personal cell phone number. I only did one of those a day and I literally had a post-it note with their name. So when Joseph, you called me back, I would say, Joseph, thanks for calling me back. I really appreciate it. My name's Dave Quick. We do not know each other. So I started right there, disarm again, saying, this isn't some gimmicky thing. And then it was, I'm a local CEO. I've talked to hundreds of CEOs in the last month and would really like to explore something with you if you have the time.
0: Mm. Powerful. You know, full transparency up front immediately disarms them, like you said, takes away the ammunition. Otherwise, the whole time you're talking, they're actually not listening. They're thinking, who the heck is this? How do I know them? So immediately you call out the bull in the China shop. Yep. 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 Got it. Love it. So after you got off the phone with one of these irate CEOs, how did you get my number? How dare you? Et cetera, right? I'm sure there was some great language being articulated there. Yes. And you hung up the phone. How did you not take it personally before you got on the next call?
1: So um, I really took the mantra of, um, I'm just trying to help. And if I can reach one person, help one person, and that serves me well today in my business, that um, my real true calling is to help other business owners thrive. And the only way I can do that when I know no one is to reach out to a bunch of people and say, are they right for me? And if they're right for me and I can help them, awesome. If they're not, I don't wanna do damage. I don't wanna do damage to my reputation in the marketplace It becomes, uh, I got to pick up the phone and make the next call to find the next person I might be able to help. And that this whole concept for me is I've always been good with compel and repel is fine. So if I repel a handful of people, I'm okay with that. And that's easier for different personalities um, like mine. Some will really struggle with that. I've always been, uh, again, that bull in the China shop that says I'm fine if I anger some people. And I'll live through it. Startup
0: nation. Are you as confident as David in what your value you actually bring to people with your business or your product, where, you know, regardless of what they say or how they receive your offer, are you confident enough to know that you're truly just wanting to add value in the world and that you have something good and you want to share with as many people as possible? And if that offends someone, hey, I get it. That repelled you. Great. It's also going to compel this person over here. I'm looking for those people I can compel. So Startup Nation, sit with that. Sit with that question. And if you don't feel confident enough in your product or service or value, then sit with the question, am I doing what I truly love? Is this what I want to spend my life doing? Right? Because you got to look yourself in the mirror every single night, right? And if, if that's the case and you find yourself there, hey, that's a really good thing. Hit your bottom, hit your bottom quickly, right? And then start up again somewhere else with something that does compel you. What did you, what shows up for you there? Well,
1: it, it triggered a thought for me, which that's why I left the consulting gig post uh, CEO. So I was making really the same amount of money as I was as a CEO doing consulting, but but I, I was not finishing the day going, that was awesome. I was finishing the day, um, less satisfied than when I was running a company. Um, It was, hey, they're paying me a bunch of money to come in and offer advice that in many cases they didn't even take, that they didn't even implement, and that if they did, they wanted me to implement. And I'm like, well, if I want to do that, I'd be running my own company doing this. If you want more than advice, you want more than counsel or um, consultation, then you're asking for an employee, And so that whole experience for me was, hey, I'm not suited to be just consultant. I'm better suited to be coach, which I've done throughout my career, started in high school coaching other athletes and musicians. So that at heart is what I do and say, can I help you? Can I take the blinders off? Can I ask you all the tough questions that are going through your head? Um, And consultant didn't do that. Consultant said, here's an offer, take it or implement it. And at the end of the day, I was going, I don't know what I'm doing here. So in my new world, I know what I'm doing. I can look at people and say, I challenge their thinking. They're taking a different course, and they're having success in part because of my urging, pushing, and coaching. And, and I just say in part. I, I talk to all my clients and say, you still got to go do the work. Um, Tiger Woods has a coach. He still has to go do the work. Um, LeBron James still has to show up at the next NBA playoff game and score more points than the other team and have to figure out a way that it, when I score 51 and we lose, um, there's something there. And I think that's the piece that we forget is that a coach helps us, but we all still have to go do the work.
0: So yeah. so I, I love where you're going with this, David, right? I believe that the number one reason why small businesses fail, why entrepreneurs fail is not because of lack of funding or any other f- popular term out there it's because of isolation it's because we are isolated in our own thinking in our own bubbles we're bouncing ideas off the mirrors we're working from home we're trying to get by and we're not putting ourselves out in front of people and asking hey show me my blind spots right show me where i'm i'm messing up show me what i can do to improve what shows up for you in that david
1: well, Joseph, it's a, it's a powerful, powerful concept, and one that um, I recognized in my career, I recognize in all my work. So um, I lead masterminds, I coach, I have a coach, and I am in masterminds. So um, the reality of all of that is that those have worked since the beginning of time. They will continue to work, that um, our thinking alone, isolated, will never be as good as the collective thinking of a group. And um, mastermind, I still believe, is the most powerful concept. You can go all the way back to Ben Franklin. Great examples there. Um, it becomes how do like-minded people come together to challenge each other's thinking, push their expectations, hold each other accountable. Um, there's no better environment than that for a well-run, powerful mastermind Um, it will change your life. So uh, I'm all for it. And at the same token, I go, it's not enough just to show up to that because that's typically one day a month at best, sometimes one day a quarter, one day a year, whatever it is. You need somebody coaching you along the way, holding accountable for the journey in between. Um, And if you go into that, and much of your approach today, Joseph's been awesome, which is in an open, honest, vulnerable, candid way, Then we can talk about the stuff that's terrifying me, the stuff that I can't mentally get away from. Um, You know, I'm an imposter, I got fear, uh, what's happening with pay, I mean, all the stuff that consumes us. And I have a mantra to all my coaching clients, I go, well, you can worry or you can work. So I'm also a big work guy. I say, you gotta be working on the right stuff intentionally and work damn hard. There's no substitute, none of this stuff is easy where you go, I show up and I'm successful. And I go point to an example of it in my life, or your life, or anywhere in the world. And I go, the only way it happens is if you inherited it, and usually that is then I tend to piss it away.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, I take it for granted. Yeah. So you you spoke about um, you know things that terrify you, right? So let's get real for a second, David. Yeah. First year of business in this uh, coaching business. What was the number one fear that really messed with your head back then?
1: Well, so the first was um, that I will not be able to do this. And if I go back before that, it was, am I worthy of even this work? So um, I do a whole presentation in my coaching called eaves of fear and make people intentionally go back to the night before the biggest fears of your life Mm -hmm. and go through that exercise. It's a powerful exercise for all of us. And so I talk about that. I have plenty of those night before the Naval Academy. The other was the night before showing up for visted training. So they fly 100 uh, potential clients out to California you go through a week of training. And you show up the night before and you're going, well, who else is gonna be in this room? Who are the people? Do I, do I belong in this room? You know, these are other former CEOs, other potential business leaders, and you're showing up and go, who am I? Um, and quickly went through that exercise and said, well, in this room, whose group would I join? I'm a former CEO. Their former CEOs. When I hear them talk, when I engage with them, who would I join? Who, who, whose group? And it was powerful for me to say, "Well, I have to be the person that they would want to join the group. I have to add enough value in these conversations that someone wants to join." So there was a, am I worthy? I wrestle with that all the time. That's a constant question: which is, am I worthy of this client? Am I worthy of the business and the amount of money they're giving me? Am I worthy of the ask this much money? Do you still struggle with that? Yeah, all the time. All the time. What um, do you
0: think's your blind spot there? Has anyone pointed it out for you?
1: Yeah, so there's plenty there. There's uh, for me there's always a personality is what's enough. So never quite enough, never quite good enough, never quite yeah, you know, cuz I realistically look and go it could be better. And so that's one side. The other side is um will people pay me this much money for what I'm doing? And um what you find until people start saying no a bunch, you're not asking enough. <laughs> um, and that's been the journey for me over the last couple of years where, you know, my 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 day rate when I started was I'll do it for a thousand. I don't go anywhere now for less than a 4,000 bucks a day. Now, do I get no's at 4,000? Yeah. But I, I would be convinced I could take that to five or six and I would still get people that would pay it. So yeah, yeah. You know, there, there's a lesson there for all of us, which is we minimize our value. We're afraid to ask. I still wrestle with that all the time.
0: So, be, uh, so Startup Nation, listen to what David just said. That was a wisdom bomb. Boom, right? Explosion is if you are not getting no's on a regular basis to your price point, you're not asking enough. Raise your price point right? Till you start getting some nose, David, what was the best advice, right? Cause you deal with a lot of CEOs. What was the best advice you've ever received? That was relevant to say your first year in the business, right? When you're struggling, when you you got that, uh, you're wrestling with all your own demons, so to speak, the fears, the anxiety, the imposter syndrome, what was the best advice you've ever received?
1: So I, I go back, uh, to my Navy days. I had a boss that, uh, was just rigorous about expectations i don 't think I' a better a boss that had higher expectations um, and some things always sit with me there and it 's funny when I push in my coaching and set things like annual targets, what do you want for revenue? you know we all throw out a number, and this guy was great at what made you feel really uncomfortable about anything and push that so I tried to do that in my coaching um, I just lived through that with a with a startup that I started. And his first premise of the business is one day I hope to be better than the company I left. I said, well, let's start all that over again and let's set an expectation that says I'm going to be a world-class company and I'm going to blow away the company that I worked for in two years time. Sit with that for a minute. Instead of your, I'll call it mediocre expectation, set a really high one. And so I I try and challenge to do myself. I give my coach permission to do that with me, which is, Where do you want to go? And recently for me, if I go back to, it's not about more money. His challenge to me all the time is, where else do you have return on investment like culture index and the time you're spending with clients? And so he forces me to face that all the time and say, well, what's your hourly rate? He asks me that all the time. So I'll say, well, hey, I just got this. And he goes, what do you think your hourly rate's going to be? How are you driving your hourly rate? So the work that you do, you're maximizing your income and that you're being selective about the people that you want to work with. Mm. So, um, it all comes from what are your expectations? How high do you set those? And a clear vision. And I wrestle with this all the time of, well, what is it I truly want? And you know, there are moments where I go, well, I want more money. And I go, well, I don't want more money at the expense of four speaking engagements and no time with wife and kids. I don't want that. So Mm. It literally becomes, what do I want? How do I set those expectations? And then with intention, live that. And that's the hardest part for all of us is can I live an intentional life saying, I'm doing this for a reason today and I know why I'm doing it, which is I don't want this client anymore. They minimize the value. They continue to, to question what I'm doing and it's not worth it for me. I'm better finding someone that wants the time. I, I do that in my coaching. If I'm having to call you to remind you to get on the coaching call, I look and say, I'm either not delivering value or you don't want to be coached. That's right. Let's stop this. What, what, why go through this motion every day? And so if you're not, and, and I say it should be the same for your employees. They should be Sunday afternoon sometime going, man, I cannot wait to get to work tomorrow. Which is a weird concept, but I go, that that's how they should feel about it. They should be jazzed and excited to come to work. That's my whole bull persona that we come to the world of power and passion. Uh, and if you can't find that, move somewhere else. Mm. I go, it's grass everywhere. Go find where you're passionate about raising this grass.
0: (laughs) Man, I love it. You know, you just showed up some cool things for me, right? I'm challenging myself. Like uh, Startup Nation, I'll just be real with you for a second. Um, You'll notice uh, in the past seven months, right, at starting this podcast, I went from there's no way I'm going to do a podcast uh, to, well, why not, Uh, to, well, what? what's missing right now in the podcast world, because there's a lot of successful podcasters out there in the entrepreneurial space. And I'm like, what value would I bring? And that was tough to not get into the imposter syndrome. Uh, like you said, and I went there, uh, David, and, and I was like, well, what value could I bring? Like, I, I, I'm saying the same thing everybody else is saying. And then the more I just asked the right questions, I discovered, well, what is it that nobody's talking about that they should be? that everybody wants to hear. So what is nobody talking about, but everybody really wants to hear. And, and I kind of like just sat with, you know what, like, no, everybody's talking about like they're interviewing the, the mega millionaires and billionaires and talking about how they got there. But all the challenges and struggles that these guys and gals are experiencing at that level of success are not relevant to me as I'm struggling to make $24,000 a year, my first year in business. Yeah. Like that's a whole different set of, of struggles. I haven't validated anything yet. I don't have a working business model. I don't know if I'm going to fail tomorrow and I'm going to be able to feed my kids. That's what I'm wrestling with. Like help me there. And that's where, you know, first 100 K was born. And it was, it was talk to me about the struggles, the challenges, the, the mental toxicness of making my first $100,000 that's what I want to hear then let's talk about 200,000 500,000 a million then we could go from there but I can't even break through here David what shows up for you in all that
1: well what shows up in a really hard way for me as well is uh, having to go back and face the 24k and some of the stuff that I just shared about my hourly rate and, and I quickly look back there and go I would have taken anything Um. And there's also probably something in that that is not healthy, that um, I'll take any work, I'll take any member at Vistage, I'll take any coaching opportunity. um, And in the end, you spin your wheels on things that are short-lived and unproductive. So the more clearly you can define that, and I've lived through that. So I took taking on coaching clients, people into the peer group that weren't good, um, meaning, and and the mantra I use now is, do I want to spend five years with this person? because that's what's happening. And and if I literally at first meeting go, there's no way, then I find a way to say, I'm not going to pursue this. If I do and say, I want to spend five years with this person once a month at lunch, hour and a half, hearing about what's happening in my marriage with my kids, why my business is failing. I mean, I've heard it all. And we've lived through it all as coaches, you hear everything and say, if I don't like this person, and I don't want to spend the next five years having those conversations, why would I start taking their money? Because that's what this is gonna be if I do it well. And that's what my coaching clients look like. They're with me five, six, seven years. Many are on the brink of, well, now I'm ready to sell my business. And you look at that and say, that's the journey I wanna go on with people. That's the journey I've lived through and can help them through that with a, a set of eyes, take off the blinders, um, gentle or not so gentle push around set really higher expectations robust live intentional figure out where you're going and go there versus i'm swimming around trying to figure it out so
0: you're either treading or you're thriving baby i love it so startup nation if you are as inspired as i am right now hearing david's wisdom Go to helpingbulls.com forward slash first 100K. That's helpingbulls.com first slash 100K. David's got some really cool uh, offers for first 100K listeners only. And um, you may want to hire him. You may want to get into one of his uh, mastermind groups. If you're a CEO listening to this and you're at that stage where you're like, man, I really need to surround myself with people are going to call me out on my stuff. Um, I'm going to give them permission to do it and I want them to take me on the journey where in a few years time I'm going to be looking back and wanting to sell my business and move forward uh, in my life. David, share with us one of your daily habits that helped you to get to where you are today, sir.
1: So um, I'm a big, what are my annually quarter, uh, monthly weekly goals um, and have one, two or three um, my focus this year is 100-100, I'm calling it. Uh, how do I lose 100 pounds and meet with 100 new clients? Um, well, that's
0: um, one way to do it. Just meet yeah. with them every single day and <laughs> you'll lose some weight. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> um, but, but I'm big there. I, I look and say, what am I measuring against with uh, some intentionality? The other side on the personal is, how do I uh, have a night away uh, monthly with my wife? Quarterly vacations and two large vacations a year. So um, that's awesome. That's powerful.
0: All right. I got to ask you here that 100 100, have you declared to your friends and circle everyone. that? Okay, so you put it out there, right? Because that's, that's what success looks like, Startup Nation, right? David didn't keep that to himself. It's not a private goal. I'm gonna lose 100 pounds, right? And, and meet with 100 clients. Now the 100 pounds, the weight loss thing, that could occur as very personal, very vulnerable. I don't want to share that. What if I don't hit it? What if I fall short? I only hit 80 pounds. I'm gonna look like an idiot, right? But David put it out there. He shared it with people. Hey, I'm going for this destination. I need your help. Call me out as needed. I want to get there. I don't care if I look bad. Help me get to the goal. Is that correct, David?
1: Absolutely. And last year, it was 500K. Uh, So I I get to to 680, and I'm happy with that and look and say, hey, it's there. But So I'm big on publicly, what are my goals? Um, and now the world around me has free reign to hold me accountable to it. So my wife can say, how's that cookie going to help you lose a hundred pounds?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Startup Nation, give the people who love and care about you permission to call you out on your skadooge. Give them permission to do it if you really want the life that you say you want. If you're not giving them permission, then just admit you're a liar. You're a liar. You don't actually want it. That's the truth of the matter. If you want it, give them permission to call you out. David, what's the one thing that you want the world to know about being successful in
1: business? So the, 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 the new learning for me over the last couple of years is if you come at the world uh, in a way that says, I truly want to help. And you have to challenge yourself to say, do I truly want to help? And if you can get there, I am convinced great things will happen for you. And so it has to be a foundational piece of, I'm here to help. And so for me, the last five years, I've said, I really want to help people thrive. I will do that freely. I will do it for no pay. I will do it in instances where I am convinced they want to do that. And that I have seen that come back in spades when I truly help and I'm focused on truly helping. So it's not about the money. It's not about other things. And my business is focused on how do I help business owners, bulls, thrive? And so if I do that, good things will happen. And um, so for all of us, if we truly focus on how can I help other people and focus on that versus how do I make more money? What do I do? Um, I just had a sales coaching call earlier today and I was focusing there. How do you help these? It's a bizarre business that monitors irrigation systems. How do you help the farmer manage his irrigation system? If you do that and you do that in a sales call, he'll be more likely to buy from you because you've helped them solve a problem. So uh, I'm convinced that the world starts with this. How do I help others? And when you do that, good things happen. Awesome. Startup nation.
0: I just want to create a distinction there because I could see how you might have heard what David just said, right? So the, the number one desire from your heart needs to authentically be how do I help? people with the problem that they're in and and get freedom or get the solution right that's got to be the foundation of all that you do what he's not saying is ignore you know charging for it right you gotta charge a fee for it otherwise you're not a business and you won't be sustainable right but he's saying that should not be the core uh motive right that should be secondary or third is that correct
1: Uh, absolutely. And on the other side, I think, uh, you'll find I, I charge a bunch for it when I do it and when the business can pay it. So, um, you, you move through that journey with people and say, Hey, I'm willing to help people that may not have the money today, but if they do well, they absolutely will. And I can go on that ride with them. And I have plenty of clients who are doing that today. And that all started with, Hey, let's meet for lunch and see if I can help you. I love it. So,
0: Startup Nation, you are listening to First 100K Podcast, the number one entrepreneur voice in America, because we're talking about the nitty-gritty stuff no one's talking about, because that's what you're wrestling with. That's what you're struggling with. We want to create freedom for you. I believe David's doing it today. Visit David at helpingbulls.com forward slash First 100K. That's David Quick, helpingbulls.com forward slash first 100k david welcome to the hustle round this is where i'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions you'll have about three seconds to answer each don't overthink it first thing that comes to you are you ready sir
1: let's go david what's your favorite sound favorite sound uh my wife saying i love you oh david what's your least favorite sound My wife throwing stuff and knocking stuff over in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up?
0: Uh, A professional athlete. Got it. What are you most afraid of? Failure. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business?
1: Meeting with people that didn't want help.
0: Man, that, that just it hurt. Uh, what secret fear do you have about people?
1: Fear about people?
0: Mm-hmm. In relation to you. What secret fear do you have about people? Uh, th-
1: that they don't uh, share what's really going through their head. Mm. They don't share openly. Got it. What do you wish you had learned
0: sooner in your business?
1: Uh, help people and good things will happen.
0: What's a new habit you want to form?
1: Uh, Work out every day. And what's
0: a bad habit you want to break?
1: Uh, Mental clutter.
0: Got it. Pick three words to describe who you are now, David.
1: Uh, Father, husband, and content.
0: Pick three words to describe who you were back then, struggling your first year in business.
1: (laughs) Uh, Fearful. uh, Overworked and optimistic. (laughs)
0: Imagine sometime in the distant future and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it.
1: Uh, He helped people. Love
0: it, simple, clean, with a clear destination. And last question, if you could come back to life and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them?
1: I enjoy every day, Uh, enjoy the ride. There's a bunch to be said for that. Be in the moment, share openly with people. For me, it's a concept called ring the bell. So uh, celebrate life today.
0: Celebrate life. Even the small victories, Startup Nation, celebrate life. David, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you, sir? Uh,
1: Anything Helping Bulls. So you can find helpingbulls.com, LinkedIn, backslash Helping Bulls, uh, at Helping Bulls, type in Helping Bulls, and you'll find me. Very
0: cool. David, thank you for joining us today. And I wish you peace, love, and your next 100K. Thanks, Joseph. I really enjoyed our time today. Absolutely, brother. Startup Nation, we exceeded our six-month goal. I'm ringing the bell. Ding, 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 ding. We have listeners in over 30 countries now. Do you get how exciting that is? Like each one of those listeners is not like a stat on a website. That's one human life that we can transform. Help me reach more. Go to first100k.com, become a patron of the show, chip in $1 a month. I know David's going to help out because he's that kind of guy and become my show partner or chip in $5 a month and get exclusive patron only rewards like watching the videos that come with these podcasts. Rather than just audio, you get the video too. Get to see who David is, what he's like, see his authentic expressions. Go to first100k.com and sign up there. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I will catch you right back here next week. God bless.